Hi, and welcome to Gathered Courage Podcast. I'm your host, Carrie Smith. And here at Gathered Courage, it is my aim to help you live an everyday courageous life. Because there's something I want to remind you of. Whatever you're walking through, whatever this life is handing you, God is going to equip you to get through it. And not just get through it, friends, but to thrive through it. I believe it's possible. And I'm here to help you live into that. Thanks for listening to today's episode. I am so excited to introduce you to my friend, Lydia. Lydia and I met uh, through a previous guest, Sarah Burnett. Lydia and Sarah are sisters. And Lydia has an amazing story of recovering from alcohol addiction. She is just a joy to be around. And she is so vulnerable with her story. It gives me courage. And I hope that it gives you courage to live your day every day courageously. So let's get to it. Here is my interview with Lydia. Lydia, thank you so much for being on Gathered Courage today. I cannot wait to hear uh, your story and cannot wait for my audience to hear the courageous life you live. So welcome today to Gathered Courage. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. Excited to be here with you. Well, good, good. I've met you uh, a couple times before this in some, you know, fun email communications and the Zoom call. We got to chat a little bit. Our connection is your beautiful sister, Sarah Burnett. So hi, Sarah. We know you're listening. We know you both, you love both of us. (laughs) Um, And I'm so happy she connected us because your courageous story um, of triumphing, over addiction is just so inspiring. So I can't wait to dive into that. But before we do, um, give us the 10,000 foot view of Lydia. What do we want? Uh, what do you want us to know about you? Um, I have been pondering on this question for a couple of days. It's such a good question. Um, and it's funny, my husband and I were talking about this this morning. And I think that, you know, uh, the biggest thing that I want people to know about me and about uh, my particular story is that it can happen for you too, you know, um, and that I, uh, I used to feel so caught in uh, uniqueness, you know, that like, mm. oh, if you had this, then, then you, you know, you, I, you know, all of that. And, um, just that though I am uniquely made as, as everyone is and made in the image of God. And, um, I have certain, you know, uh, things about myself that, uh, more than anything I've, I just, it was funny. He said that as soon as he said that, I was like, Oh, you know, I would kind of had that same line of thought that like, you know, it is also possible for other people. And, um, and just a little bit, I guess, about me, I am, I'm the fourth kiddo of uh, five. Um, I was uh, born a twin, my twin did not make it. So that's kind of part of my uh, story as far as trauma and survival and having to uh, walk through some of that grief um, yeah. as an adult. Yeah. It's just awkward. Um, mm-hmm. So that, and then, um, and then, you know, my, my siblings and I would say, um, 
you know, we are, we are close and, um, I'm very grateful for the relationships that I have with them. Um, I am, uh, as far as my profession is concerned, I am a, um, a realtor. I'm a professional, you know, kind of working mother. Uh, I have two Mm -hmm. young boys and we are also in the NTI world. And, um, so just been in that transition of life and, uh, pregnant with, Our third, our baby girl, which is such a a miracle and so exciting. And, um, you know, by nature, I would say I'm a pretty extroverted human. Um, I have Mm -hmm. learned that I need that time of solace and and to myself. Um, I enjoy people and I enjoy music and I enjoy food and laughter Mm -hmm. and uh, nature, you know, so I guess as far as kind of a little, oh, and chocolate. I was thinking about that too. I'm like, I just really, chocolate and I have had a long-standing love affair. So uh, that's just a little glimpse into the, the things that make my heart happy. So I love that. Yeah. I love that. Yes. And congratulations yeah. with the baby girl. I'm so excited Thank for you. you guys. I'll continue to pray for you as you come towards the end of that and for all the things that go along with that labor, you know, transitioning to having a baby in the house. Yes. So very exciting. So very exciting. Well, thank you for that overview. And I love what you said just there at the very beginning of that idea of Mm -hmm. yes, uniquely made, but that your story is one that others can um, take a hold of. They can take a hold of that Mm -hmm. courage that you had and, and the redemption that you have through Christ. I can't wait to get to that story, Mm -hmm. but we have a couple more questions before we get there. So talk about teaser, man. (laughs) So um, the the podcast is called Gathered Courage. So let's start with your definition of courage. Define courage or, or describe to me what you think makes a person courageous. Uh, also, such a good question. I um, I really enjoy listening to uh, Brene Brown a lot. That's probably mm-hmm. something that Sarah and I, probably maybe some of your listeners have in common. Um, yeah, and, yeah, you know, she talks about um, how courage and vulnerability have to go mm-hmm. together. And for yeah. me... Um, I think that when I really truly think about courage or the people that I think display courage or people through the Bible that have displayed courage, mm-hmm. I it's like that I may not want to do this, but I know mm-hmm. that I it's like the next step. It's like doing something mm-hmm. scared or doing something mm-hmm. afraid. And um, I think that that's a lot of times, at least in my own life, that's, that is what courage has looked like. It's looked like, you know, um, yeah, doing something afraid, choosing, choosing to take the step anyway, even though you may feel, uh, you know, vulnerable or exposed or, you know, Mm -hmm. uncertain, it's making the choice to do it anyways. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes, I love that. And I agree. Renee Brown is amazing. She's a great follow on uh-huh. social media and has wonderful, wonderful resources for just uh, living life and, and living it to the fullest. And yeah, wonderful. Mm-hmm. And I agree mm-hmm. with you that vulnerability and that uh, doing it without knowing the result 
is, is mm-hmm. absolutely part of my definition for courageous living as well. So, mm-hmm. so then if you think about current life, um, and mm-hmm. personal to you and, and kind of maybe your everyday, uh, experiences, where have you seen courage lately? Mm. So, so good. So, you know, I, I go big, you know, I can, sometimes I can either go big or small and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, for me, uh, I'm probably going to give a shout out to my husband, um, yeah. as a first responder. Um, oh, and, uh, he's a firefighter. And so, you know, mm-hmm. I, I think that oftentimes he, doesn't give himself enough uh, credit or kudos for the courage that it takes for him and the other first responders to, you know, suit up and show up every shift. Um, You know, that whole idea of when everybody else is running away, he's the one that's running in or, you know, just the things that people don't always necessarily want to show up for. um, They do. Mm -hmm. They, they are saying, yes, I'll do that. And yes, I'll go into that. And, Um, so I just, you know, I feel like I experience courage from him a lot. And, um, and so especially through like our, you know, the whole pandemic and all of the, you know, just the changes that have come in this past year and the uncertainty and, um, Mm -hmm. you know, that he's had the courage to continue to suit up and show up each shift and go into work and take care of the people, you know, that are sick, that are in an emergency situation, you know? Um, and I just love that about him. So, Mm -hmm. yes. Oh, that's such a great example. I had forgotten about that. I you had Mm -hmm. told me that before when we were speaking and I had forgotten about that. That is, um, a very worthy shout out. And I thank you for sharing that because Mm -hmm. I think sometimes when people are in that duty, like, take that and, and decide to be mm-hmm. a firefighter or a police officer or something like that. They, they don't necessarily think of it as courageous, but those of us that get to see what they do and would never choose to do that. <laughs> absolutely no, I'm like, I love that you do that, but yeah. I, that would not be, I'm, I'm glad that you can choose to do that. Cause I, I, I know that I could not. So that's yeah. right. That's right. Yes. <laughs> I'm with you. Well, thank you for sharing again about him and please tell him thank you for me. <laughs> sure. Absolutely. All right. Yeah. All right. So let's dive in, um, to your story. We've given our audience a little, uh, teaser uh, throughout the beginning here, but Mm -hmm. let's jump into that because it is such an amazing story of triumph over addiction. And Mm -hmm. it just so beautifully represents the redeeming love of God. And I can't wait for my audience Mm -hmm. to hear about it. So please do tell us about this chapter of your life and, and how courage has played a part in it. So, uh, Oh, it's funny. Whenever people are like, oh, introduce yourself. Sometimes I want to be like, hi, my name is Lydia and I'm an alcoholic. You know, uh, I'm recovering from all the things. And uh, it has it has been important for me to remember that that is not the only identity that I have. Um, you know, that I can be this grateful recovering alcoholic today. That is how I choose to live my life is uh, grateful and recovering. And, um, so a little bit about that chapter of my life. Um, my sobriety date is July the 29th of 2010. 
And um, so I will try to tell you all a little bit about kind of what life used to be like, um, what happened and what life is like for me today. And um, what I can tell you about that time in my life, um, you know, I always say, especially if you know Sarah, um, sometimes like how the two of us grew up in the same home, had similar experiences, but growing up in the home, but we took probably we did take two completely different paths, you know, and um, that and, and there was a lot of that, you know, growing up of I don't think that anybody else was comparing us except for me. And I always say that I was comparing my insides to everybody's outsides. And, um, you know, I grew up in a home that we, uh, you know, we were raised Christian. We were raised even evangelical younger, but as we grew, um, into just, uh, you know, Christian faith. And, um, I always believed in God. I always knew that there was a God. I always, um, you know, knew that a a relationship with a God was, uh, important. And, um, and I, and I sought that, you know, I think that, um, when I, when I look back on, on all of it, I don't know that I had a God that was personal to me. I don't know that I allowed myself to feel that I was worthy of that love. And, um, and so I sought that in a lot of different places in a lot of different ways, um, Mm -hmm. through, trying to get acceptance from my peers, which, you know, some of that may or may not be a normal thing. But I just remember, like, especially, you know, those middle school, high school days, just feeling so uh, very uncomfortable in my own skin. And um, I don't know how any other way to say that other than it was just like, everybody else seems to have it all going on. And for some reason, Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't feel like I've got it going on, though. I'm sure if you looked at me, you would say, are you crazy? But I just didn't. You know, it wasn't like uh, anything really, you know, uh, terrible was happening. Um, I can say that. Yes. Yes. I was very aware of that. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. So um, fast forward a little bit and, um, you know, a pretty large life event happened uh, when we were younger to my family. My dad had a massive uh, heart attack, congestive heart failure. Um, and that event um, really forever changed the life of my family. And, um, you know, I don't know, it just has taken me a long time uh, in therapy and some other things to uh, kind of unravel what happened during that time. I think that I like emotionally froze in this state. Um, That's one of the trauma responses is to freeze. And I think that, you know, I know that for me, that is a lot of what happened. And, um, you know, everybody was doing the very best that they could at that time, but it was very um, hard and very chaotic. And um, Mm -hmm. it left me feeling like, uh, I shouldn't ask for anything, you know, Mm -hmm. um, that Mm self-sufficiency and, Mm -hmm. um, that, uh, if I wanted something, you know, uh, I would either manipulate or, uh, steal or, um, just find different ways to try to 
get my needs met. And, um, and I had a lot of, you know, as you do those things, as you kind of go against what I'm going to say would be the will of God, you know, when you're doing things that are maybe dishonest, it, you, yeah. you know, that that's kind of stuff that doesn't feel good, you know? So, yeah. um, yeah. and trying to seek, I'm going to say escape from that, that feeling. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I would try to do that through a, approval was probably my first thing that I really, um, went after and sought after, um, and, and, uh, and found, you know, and thought that I found when, when uh, in different boyfriends and, and friendships and things like that, you know, if I could just get on our cheerleading team, if I can just date the right guy, if I can yes. just, you know, all of these external things, if I can just get all of that, then, yes. then, some, you know, oh, then yes. it'll be okay. And, um, right. Yeah. I can so relate to that. That's so, yeah, that's so true that you seek, you look for everything. Um, even growing up as a Christian and you might know where you're supposed to get it, but the reality is you seek it in so many other ways. Yeah, absolutely. I can relate Mm -hmm. with that, those feelings. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I found alcohol in college, you know, I went, basically off to college off of a resentment toward my parents and Mm. um that whole idea of like well you know I don't want to be here anymore I'm 18 and I can do what I want and so um I went I went and did that you know and going from probably having a lot of um you know I, my parents definitely kept us kind of in a bubble, I would say, you know, mm-hmm. they really mm-hmm. tried to protect us and, um, and keep us from, you know, different things. And, uh, mm-hmm. when I got to college, it was like a free for all, you know, and, right. yeah. um, yeah. I found that alcohol seemed to do for me what I couldn't do for myself, which was mm-hmm. calm down everything that was going on inside of me. It made me feel enough. It made me feel pretty. You know, yeah. it, it it made me yeah. feel all of the things that I felt like I had been wanting to feel, and um, yeah. and and I liked that, you know. And I think that, um, you know, it it talks to. I've heard it said, you know, people people do drink essentially because they like the effect produced, and some people can drink and they right. and they don't have. Uh, any problems with it? You know, I wish I was one of those people. (laughs) I'm just not, you know? And so for about the next, you know, eight years, I, I tried to continue to be able to do that successfully and it never Mm. went well for me. Mm. Um, Mm. I, you know, I took myself places. I did things. I said things, um, that I, Mm. I regret, you know, um, and that I wish that I could take back. And I, you know, as far as what, um, you know, what my bottom looked like, you know, before making that, you know, choice, I think about as far as like the, you know, the gathered courage to be like, I can't do this anymore. Um, I, uh, was married. I got married young, um, to a guy that, I met in college who was uh, perfectly stable and uh, didn't really drink very much. And I'm sure continued to think at some point I was going to, you know, phase out of the partying that I was in. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and I wanted that too. I just, you know, 
Um, I, it, for me, it got to a point where I was hiding it. I, um, I would wait until he would go to sleep and I would, you know, basically drink as much as I could after he went to bed. Um, I always say if I was controlling it, I was not enjoying it. And if I was enjoying it, I was not controlling it. And, um, Interesting. That's what it looked like on me. You know, I just, I completely, uh, ruined, uh, the relationships with the people that I was in. And, um, the very end of, of my drinking was, uh, in New Orleans, uh, or the end of that relationship, which kind of catapulted me into, into, uh, making that decision was the end of that relationship. And, um, I, uh, I cheated on him is what is what happened. Mm. Um, Mm. And, you know, it's also taken me some time to uh, and actually just recently this past year doing some trauma work around that um, because I was in uh, I basically blocked myself out and, um, you know, I think held on to a lot of shame around that for a long sure. time. Um, sure. Because yeah. I, I didn't feel like I had the, the choice to say no. And um, mm-hmm. so that, you know, that's what that looked like. And, um, and that relationship, you know, it basically, I always say the best that I can do um, while I'm drinking is to tell you know, the person that I am married that I love from, you know, I was in Kentucky and he was in New Orleans at the time um, that I had done that, that I had cheated on him and that, you know, I wanted a divorce. And I think that I thought that if I said it first, then it wouldn't hurt so bad or, you know, that I wouldn't have to feel that rejection back right. from him. Um, yeah. Kind of take control, be the one to take control. Yeah, like, oh, well, you know, if you're just going to reject me, I'm going to try to reject you first. Like, I knew that there was really no going back um, after that period. And I always say I would love to say that, I, you know, that was like the moment where I was like, oh, Lydia, you may have a problem. Like, you're drinking maybe causing you troubles. Um, It didn't. You know, I continued to run for about the next Mm -hmm. three months um, just – you know, trying to convince myself that I was okay, that it was okay, yeah. that I could, you know, that I didn't need anybody, that I didn't need him. And um, mm. that uh, could not have been further from the truth. You know, right. Um, right. I I talk about uh, there was a night out in, uh, out in my parents, where my parents used to live in our gazebo. And uh, I had one of those you know, God, please help me moments where I remember thinking, all right, if everything that everyone has ever told me is true, which is that God loves us as sinners. God loves us as we are. That's how he, you know, that's, that's how he loves us. You know, that's, that's what I had grown up hearing. And Mm -hmm. I had that conversation with God where I was like, all right, God, if that is true, then here I am. I feel so yeah. broken and I feel so alone and I feel like I have made such a mess of my life and I don't know what to do. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but I know that I need help. And 
Um, I didn't get sober right then, um, but I do feel like that was that moment of just starting to be willing to do something different. And uh, my younger brother uh, is also, uh, he is sober now, but his journey is his journey. We won't go, we won't go down that road. He can share his story at another time. But um, yeah, but at that moment, uh, he, when I needed him, he was able to help me. And I called mm-hmm. him and I said, Seth, I need help. I, uh, mm-hmm. I don't know what to do. I feel like I'm going insane. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was like, great, I'll come pick you up. I know where to take you. And, um, wow. yeah. and he did, you know, and uh, he took me to like an inpatient place where they said things about the word alcoholism. And I was like, I think I have that. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, that sounds, right. that sounds right. Yes. <laughs> like The way you're describing that to me right now, I'm pretty sure that's what I have. So yeah. Um, yeah, he took me to uh, a 12 step program and you know, that, that has pretty much uh, been a part of my life for the past 10 years. And uh and giving me a way back to myself and a way back to God and a way back to a way of living that I just, uh, you know, I'm eternally grateful for. So, yeah. Do you, do you feel like that time in the gazebo, that kind of cry out to God, did that feel Mm -hmm. courageous in the moment? Or is that something that you look back on and really see your courage in? I, I don't see my courage. I, you know, mm. it was almost like this moment of, uh, it was like a surrender moment mm. of, mm-hmm. you know, I cannot, I cannot, I can't keep going on mm-hmm. like this. I, mm-hmm. I don't want to keep going on like this and right. I don't know what to do. And, yeah. um, so Mm-hmm. No, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I hadn't seen it that way, but, um, you know, it just felt like I finally was like, I always say, you know, God will meet us wherever we are. And yeah. it was, I think, my yeah. moment of finally saying, okay, God, you can have yeah. all of it. I can't do it anymore, yeah. you know? So. Right, right. Yeah, he's... He was there the whole time, but you finally had to be ready. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So if you're thinking about the, you know, sobriety journey that you've been on and and, and mm-hmm. how you've really um, been triumphing over that, because from what I know about addiction, it really is day by day, week by week, you know, mm-hmm. maybe even sometimes early on, moment by moment. Um, can you describe Mm -hmm. like, how did you have the courage to like, to keep going and to go to the meetings and to, Mm -hmm. you know, confront some of your demons, like you were saying some of the hard work that you've put in with therapy and things like that. What, what are some of the, the things that helped you to take those steps and and helped you to keep pushing forward? Mm, Uh, you know, (laughs) For any other recovering people that are listening, it's like we don't really like pain, you know. So, 
I knew that I didn't want to continue to feel the way that I did. And I can tell you that, you know, um, I felt hope. That's what I, that's what I felt like I saw when I went to meetings. I, I heard people talking, um, my insides out loud and they would talk about the things that I'm like, Oh, nobody's talking about that. You know, nobody's talking about how they're, you know, drinking in their closet by themselves or how they decide, you know, how they got behind the wheel of a car and decided to drive or, you know, just some of the things that, uh, and the places that we go, the depths that sometimes people go to in alcoholism and addiction, like that's Mm -hmm. kind of more of those, like, nobody's talking about that. That's hushed. That's quiet. That's, you know, shameful, uh, to yourself, maybe to your family. And so all of a sudden I'm going into these meetings and people are talking about it and I'm like, Oh my gosh. Okay. And then they're telling me that that I don't have to do that anymore, you know, and, and how they got out of it. And so I think that, um, that attraction of joy Mm. is really Mm. what kept me wanting to continue to move forward. And can I say that accountability was my favorite thing? Absolutely not. You know, (laughs) like to be accountable (laughs) to another person, not really, you know, Um, but there's this whole idea of like, well, my way of thinking and my way of living got me to where I was in life. So maybe I just need to listen to somebody else for a moment, you know, and just do maybe what this other person has done so that hopefully my life can look the same way that theirs does, which seems, you know, that they're, they're not doing these same things anymore. And, um, and so, you know, talks, we talk about like a willingness, that willingness Mm -hmm. to do something different. And, um, sometimes that has been, yes, I'm super willing. And sometimes I'm like, you want me to do what? I don't know about that, you know? And so it's just like, okay, you know, there's this line in um, our literature that talks about being willing to go to any lengths to stay sober. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes I have wow. to remember, rem- remind myself of that, that I, I made a decision um, mm-hmm. at the beginning that I would – you know, I would be willing to, you know, is that okay? I've got to go, conf- I got to go, you know, one of my amends was like going back to people that I nannied for and telling them, hey, during the time that I nannied for you, I stole money out of your kids' piggy banks and you trusted wow. me and I violated that trust and that was the wrong thing to do. And here is your money back, you know, and what wow. else can I do to? make this right. You know, there are things that I was like, oh, I do not, I really don't yeah. want to do that. But I no. also don't want to go backwards either. Yeah. You know, and so it's like, nope. if I want to continue to grow spiritually, and if I want to continue to keep what I have been given, which is this beautiful life where I don't, I don't have to drink anymore. You know, and I don't yeah. have to, um, I'm free today. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Then I become willing and I'm like, okay, God, here we go. You know, so I Mm. think I had to go back and like amend my courage. You know, it's like I walk hand in hand with God. That's who I take with me. And, um, and that's, so that's, I guess, kind of how that, like those early times of like, ah, you know, A, I didn't have to do it alone. Um, and B, 
I think just knowing that uh, even if it might have been scary, it was I was at least not going backwards. Um, yes. And so yes. that was like, okay, even if it's messy or imperfect or oh, I don't know what I'm doing, I'm at least trying to take one step forward into, you know, doing the next right thing. So, yes. Oh, I love that, Lydia. Mm -hmm. I think that that is such an important piece of um, living life, whether it's working through an addiction or just whatever situation we're in is, is remembering Mm -hmm. that moving forward is the most important thing, not worrying about the messiness or imperfection of it. Um, That is such a key Mm -hmm. point. And that is such a such an important piece of being courageous and t- doing that next step um, because mm-hmm. we're going to screw it up. Uh, we can't worry about doing it perfectly. We just have to do it. Yeah. What are some so. of the ways, what are, what are some of the ways that you, um, that you saw during that recovery process and, and maybe mm-hmm. even now um, in your everyday living, what are some of the ways that you saw God fill voids in your life where you would have used, uh, alcohol, for example, to, Mm. to fill. Can you give us some of those examples? It is like all the God winks, you know, that's what we talk about. And, um, I would say, you know, early on, um, I had to change a lot of people, places and things. And, Mm -hmm. um, I was blessed by, um, by meeting a group of people, you know, basically a bunch of young, uh, people that, uh, Mm -hmm. were doing a lot of fun things, you know, they were going to dinners and they were going out dancing and they were going to karaoke and they were going to, you know, shows and, and just living, just living their life. And, um, I, for so long, alcohol had been my companion for everything, Mm -hmm. you know, it was like, oh, if I thought I was going to go do this, well, I need to drink first, you know, Mm -hmm. and, or once I get there, I need to know if I'm going to be able to drink. And so, um, I was very fortunate to have also, I, I wasn't really looking for, uh, my spouse at the beginning of, uh, or when I, when I met him really, mm-hmm. um, that story, his mom uh, always talks about was like a match made in heaven, literally <laughs> that, um, I met him after his grandmother had passed and, mm-hmm. um, I met him through my brother and, um, being able to also have someone else in my life that was sober and doing the same thing that I was doing, you know, when I would, when we would go to like family things or go out, it was just so nice to not feel like I was the only one, you know, that was like my perception. It's like, everybody's noticing that I'm not doing this. And it's like, no, they're not. They don't care. But yeah, yeah, they really don't care. Uh, But it just felt yes so nice to uh to to have uh to have that and um to have some family support as well so um you know those were kind of my I think that was the question you asked uh moments where I felt like God was really just kind of like carrying me through moments where 
I normally would have have wanted to uh, drink. And, you know, I always say, you know, we stay sober a day at a time, no matter what shows up. And, you know, life continues Mm -hmm. to happen a day at a time. And, um, you know, through, you know, getting remarried, through having another child, through, you know, the death of my father, through, um, you know, husband losing jobs and just all of the things that life presents. I know that drinking will make it a thousand. It actually would not solve any problems that I right, have today. Right. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's wonderful. That's wonderful. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story, for um, answering some of my additional questions there, and for being so very vulnerable in that. I know that um, the steps that uh, are taken through, you know, mm-hmm. rec- going through recovery and, and going to, mm-hmm. to become um, sober. Those are steps mm-hmm. that um, are so very courageous and so very hard. Like okay. I, I can't imagine <laughs> doing some of the things you did, mm-hmm. like, like going to people you nannied for and confessing those things, um, you know, yeah. talk about, the need to confess our sins to others. You were forced to, um, and the rest of us aren't forced to, but maybe we should be. <laughs> I think we might all be better for it. <laughs> I was like, the, you know, it talks about the 12 steps. I'm like, it yeah. is a good way for all. Yes. Like, you know, I truly believe that the 12 steps are divinely inspired and, um, yeah. It is a way of living that has um, completely changed my life and in yeah. ways that um, are absolutely beautiful. Uh, it always mm-hmm. talks about like, you know, uh, early on in recovery, it talks about like, you know, what are the what are the things that you want? You know, mine was like, I want to have a job and I want to have a car and maybe, maybe, ha- you know, like these, these things. Yeah. And now yeah. looking back on it, I'm like oh my gosh, God blew it out of the park, you know, like completely took me to some place that I could not even fathom for myself. And so it's worth it. Mm -hmm. That's what I want people to know. It's worth it. Yes. Yes. He's so good. His ways are okay. so much higher than our ways. And yeah, our brains can't even dream of the ways that he wants to use us and the ways that he wants to um, improve us and transform us and mm-hmm. sanctify us. And, and yeah, our, we just can't even imagine it. So it's, I love to hear you proclaim that out loud and just glorify him with that because you're right. He does that. Uh, he's the master of that, <laughs> taking our ideas mm-hmm. and saying, oh, that's nothing. <laughs> he's like, oh, girl, don't you worry. He's like that part where you thought, you know, you wanted to close the door. He's like, it's going to help so many people. And, you know, I just think that that, that story of transformation and redemption, I mean, mm-hmm. it is uh it is my story and, um, and I'm so grateful for it. Yeah, I really am. So, yeah. Well, Mm -hmm. I am going to ask you one quick question here to finish us out, Lydia. If you 
could give any kind of advice to someone who's saying, wow, your story is so inspiring. I just don't think that I can do what you've done. What would you Mm. tell them? Mm, Yes, you can. (laughs) So I tell them. (laughs) Um, I wrote down, you know, I think sometimes it's that courage to raise your hand, um, Mm. to feel, to let people know where you are. You know, that vulnerability of like, I am either thinking this or I'm feeling this or this is what I'm going Mm -hmm. through. This is what I'm walking through. And, um, you know, even if it's just one person, you know, even, um, you know, that just, I always say like chunk it down, you know, if like you Mm -hmm. have that, that goal Mm -hmm. or that thought that's like, I can't ever get there. I'm, you know, talks about in the, as far I'll come back to recovery, you know, it was like, I remember at the beginning, I'm like, oh my gosh, being sober for 30 days, that feels so big, you know, oh my yeah. gosh, being sober for a week, that feels so big, you know, and it's like, right. okay, well, if that feels big, then chunk it down. And if a day feels big, then chunk it down to how about we just get through the morning? Okay, now you're going to eat. All right. If that feels too, you know, like whatever the yeah. time frame is or whatever the yeah. goal might seem to you, it's like, if you just chunk it down to like, well, what, what feels, you know, what might feel, what courageous step can you take that you can do, you know, is that I can do this for the next five minutes. Okay. Then just, just do that, you know, and then in five minutes, we'll, maybe I'll take another courageous step and you'll do another fight, you know, (laughs) like just whatever it is. Just start, you know? Yes. Oh, I love that. That's such good advice. Not only can they do it, just speaking that affirmation to them, but then, yeah, it doesn't have to be, I'm going to do this for the next five hours. It could be the next five minutes. That's so good. Thank you for that. Yes. Yes. I am so grateful uh, for you again, for being on the podcast, for sharing your story. I super, super appreciate it. And I know that my audience is going to be inspired by this. Well, thank you so much for having me. I'm so happy to be here with you all today. Thank you, Lydia. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. I am so, so happy that Lydia decided to share her story with us here on Gathered Courage. You can see the courage that it took for her every step of the way and the way that God held her the entire time. Thank you again, Lydia, for being on the show. I hope that you will tune in next Friday when I have another incredible interview with another incredible, courageous woman. In the meantime, don't forget that you can find my short little bonus episodes that come out on Wednesdays. And don't forget, you can find me on Instagram and Facebook at Gathered Courage Podcast. If you wouldn't mind heading to those pages, giving them a like, sharing it with your friends, I would really appreciate it. And don't forget to share this episode as well. All right, friends, I will see you soon. Have a wonderful week. Bye.